0: Welcome, listeners, to www.ironradio.org, the website and podcast for all things strength sports and sports nutrition. With your hosts, Lonnie Lowry. I almost hate to use the
1: word educational.
0: Phil Stevens.
1: I guess I'm kind of the, uh, the dark force here.
0: And Rob Fortress, Fortney.
1: there really is a secret.
0: Thanks for listening. Welcome, ironradio.org, listeners. This is Lonnie Lowry. I'm a sports nutritionist and an exercise phys professor, and I'm a bodybuilder. Hey, Rob Forges-Fortney, a former competitive
1: bodybuilder, journalist, editor, and powerlifter. And
0: hey, this is Phil
2: Stevens. I'm a competitive powerlifter and Highland Games athlete, owner of Strength Guild, and uh, run
0: Rock on. Yeah, in fact, the way we always introduce ourselves, I think it's a, it's a good segue for what we're going to talk about today, is we're going to talk about some of the things we like and don't like um, about existing bodybuilding competitions, I mean, uh, and powerlifting as well.
1: Uh, I yeah, think we've before we tr-
0: get probably tr- tr- an amateur, right? So
1: yeah. Before we get to that, I just want to make the mention that because we did mention, I did mention on last week's episode that our guest today would be Bob Chicarillo. Ch- and uh, he obviously is not on today, and that's not his fault. Um, he was supposed to be on, but some things here and there screwed up as far as flights for him because he was actually emceeing uh, a competition somewhere in the, in Florida, I believe, or something like that. So he. Uh, and his flights got all screwed up, so he called me this morning and um, apologized, and will call me Monday, Tuesday. So hopefully we'll have him on next Thursday, but he won't be on today. And uh, I'm sorry for uh, teasing anybody out there with that. <laughs> with that, <laughs> right? With that. Well, at know. least he
0: was responsible, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So you know. So yeah. th- hey, man, thanks, thanks, chick, for calling me. Uh, a lot of the muscle guys just don't even bother to call, so... Well, we've had a
0: little bit of that on both sides of the fence. I mean, I think listeners are like, oh, get so-and-so on, and get so-and-so. And And sometimes when you go up to the pro level, it can be a challenge, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, on on all-around, but anyway. Um, I did have one uh, bit of science as far as uh, our news. Uh, This is a, a... Brand new paper, March 1st, 2012. So this is spanking new. It's an EPUB ahead of print. So it's not even in a journal yet. Um, and I got this by way of Mike Nelson. He's always got these juicy leads for this kind of stuff. But this is a research group of which Nick Bird is a part. Uh, and we've had him on the show before. And we've talked about Stu Phillips. These guys up in Toronto, well, the greater Toronto area. They are really rocking with a lot of the stable isotopes and protein synthesis and this sort of thing. And this time they looked at men versus women. So I just want to share this. This is West et al. So West is probably one of the grad students in that group. Uh, Journal of Applied Physiology, like I said, March 2012. Let me just share this with you. Sex-based comparisons of myofibrillar protein synthesis after resistance exercise in the fed state. So I'll just read a little portion this year, set it up. We made sex-based comparisons on the rate of you know, muscle protein synthesis uh, and anabolic signaling after a single bout of high-intensity resistance exercise. So they took eight uh, 20-something-year-old uh, men and eight uh, women of, of similar age. They underwent a uh, primed constant infusion of a stable isotope, uh, uh, phenylalanine, labeled phenylalanine, it's an amino acid, uh, on consecutive days with serial muscle biopsies. Now, I don't think I'd want to <laughs> volunteer for a paper like this or a study like this. Um, serial muscle biopsy. So they took... Um, You know, usually uh, biopsies are about a Rice krispie size sample they'll take from the side of your thigh. We've talked about this in previous weeks. Um, But they took these at 1, 3, 5, 24, 26, and 28 hours after exercise. So, like, six biopsies uh, to get a good look at this myofibrillar protein synthesis. Um, They gave them 25 grams of whey protein um, that they ingested immediately after exercise and then 26 hours later. Um, And then in this paper, because it's boy-girl comparisons, they actually measured serum testosterone because it's, you know, purported at least to contribute to muscle protein synthesis. Now, I think a lot of our listeners know that testosterone within a, a normal range um is it going to make you look like somebody on the cover of a magazine to certainly make you feel better or look fuller recover better probably but so they're looking at boys versus girls and of course the guys had like what they say a 45 fold greater uh area under the testosterone curve so much much higher testosterone uh metabolism um but interestingly muscle protein synthesis was elevated similarly in the men and the women uh in fact 2.3 fold increase in the men and 2.7 fold in the women after they got the protein. Uh, And this is at one to five hours post-exercise. So anyway, interesting that they're showing that although men had a bigger jump in in myofibrillar protein synthesis after they lift and, you know, get get 25 grams of whey protein, um, it really wasn't, you know, uh, hugely different overall when you look at these sex differences. The the bottom of the... uh, the study just says interestingly our data demonstrate that exercise induced increases in myofibrillar protein synthesis are disassociated from post exercise testosteroneemia and that stimulation of myofibrillar protein synthesis occurs effectively with low systemic testosterone levels in women. So whether or not that would happen in men is another story, but I guess what they're saying here is testosterone is not the end-all, be-all for kicking up muscle protein synthesis, uh, you know, after you lift, uh, you know, and, and, and get some protein. So just kind of interesting stuff that, you know, it looks like women get a nice, uh, you know, robust uh, rise in myofibrillar protein synthesis after they eat uh, and lift. So it's not like testosterone is the end-all, be-all there. So. Maybe maybe most of its effects are over time, or you know who knows. So uh, that's the only bit of science I have. Uh, and then the other thing I just wanted to mention quickly is uh, we're starting to arrange an upcoming episode. I think uh, there's been some comments on our Facebook page about uh, maybe you know giving a more of a nod to some of our uh, uh, female listeners who are hard trainers. So just a heads up for everybody, uh, probably in early April, I'm guessing, uh, we'll set up an episode where we could talk to both physique-oriented and strength-oriented women that are in hard training. Uh, And I've got a series of sort of gender-specific questions for them. And uh, So stay tuned for that, especially if you're one of our women listeners or, you know, you know uh, a woman who you're encouraging to get into the strength and and muscle game and those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. So – Uh, That's all I've got. Uh, As far as topic uh, for today, like I said, we're going to talk a little bit about pros and cons of what we see in, um, you know, physique and strength events. Uh, We could talk amateur and professional level. And uh, and maybe, well, not maybe, at the end here, in the second half of the show, we'll talk about some of our own ideas about how we might want to take the best of both worlds and, and sort of try to bring things together. Um, almost in an old-school fashion, I think, as far as, uh, you know, it's like the old days when you, you'd see uh, Arnold or Franco complete, compete in a power meet or something like that and not just physique. And I think in a lot of ways we've dissociated in, in a way, and that's one of the first things I'll bring up, and you guys can add to this. But one of the not-so-good things I that I see in at least amateur uh, bodybuilding events, I don't know if it's as true in pro, sometimes it is, but would be, you know, the presence of what I would call a pump monkey or, you know, or what Rob, you might call a twink, you know, who's, (laughs) you know, on stage. And they don't look very strong. I mean, they just don't look very strong. Uh, And there's so much about the physique side of things that they're almost just throwing in a towel as far as any sense of power. And, in fact, there's even the uh, in men, there's um, what amounts to a fitness competition in men. The, The NPC has physique classes now. And the guys are literally wearing, like, knee-length um beach uh, shorts. Daisy, I don't know Duke, are Daisy Dukes, of man. Oh, and I'm like, you know, wait, what? <laughs> you know, especially because I'm biased toward the lower body. And, you know, they're hiding their thighs. I'm like, I don't know, to me it's sort of blasphemous, you know. I'm not ripping on the, on the small guy who's a, a lightweight or a middleweight who's, you know, ripped to shreds and he's trying his best and, you know, he's hard as a rock and he's trying to get thick and and be powerful and that sort of thing. But, you know, uh, when we start fading into physique uh, contests for men, which are essentially bikini events for guys, I I don't know, I start to, the purist in me just starts to, you know, sort of cringe at that a little. I I guess the argument is that it's more marketable in some way, you know. Um, I don't know, at a natural level, I don't know, what do you guys think about that kind of thing?
1: Um, well, the, the, the problem with bodybuilding um, is the whole idea that, yeah, there's such an emphasis pla- pa- placed on leanness and losing all vestiges of body fat to the point where, again, certainly, I mean, it's been argued by us and other people whether there really is a sport of bodybuilding without drugs because the average guy, no matter how much muscle he puts on, you know, and a natural guy can put on a ton of muscle, but the problem is then when you try and strip away all the body fat to 3 or 4%, you're probably losing 80% <laughs> yeah. or percent or more of the muscle you've gained because it's such a kind of a contradiction unto itself. So, you know, and Lonnie, I know you've joked in the past, and again, we apologize because you're not trying to offend natural body, competitive bodybuilders out there, but you know, like Lonnie, you've mentioned that a lot of, you know, natural shows are ab shows and things like that. I mean,. And, you know, and then you get the perpetuation of that kind of whole idea on things, you know, on some of these message boards where people are talking about, you know, um, if some guy's carrying 10% body fat, he's a so and stuff. It's, yeah. So it's the whole thing is kind of like run – I mean, and that's why the female side of, of bodybuilding competitive bodybuilding is even that much more kind of like – you know, fighting itself because, you know, at least men have, you know, a physiology that's a little bit more conducive to, you know, to having those two things, a little bit of muscle and leanness. But, yeah, I mean, if you look at somebody as a, a physique, and, you know, the ultimate male physique, certainly a lot of the ones today are not ultimate. I don't know a lot of people, and, again, no offense towards Branch Warren, but I don't know a lot of people who want to look like Branch Warren. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who probably would have liked to look like Sean Ray in 1988, um, Yeah, e- even oh, in the off-season. Yeah. Even in the off season, um, probably a lot more so in the off season. But you know, and so you're, you're looking at this like, okay, this is supposed to be the ultimate male phys- physique, and the whole idea of masculinity and physique is kind of very strongly tied in with performance and strength. And well, let me that.
0: ask you this then, Rob, and, and in fact, Phil, let's get you in on this. What percent fat do you think would be ideal then, rather than get emaciated to almost you know, uh, you know, pardon the uh, example, but like prison camp looking starvation? level of starvation. What do you think would be an ideal level of uh, uh, body fat for a guy or a girl uh, who's really interested in physique, even in a competitive way? What do you think? You got anything? Oh,
2: um, I didn't know if your me near him first. Um, I I agree. I think it's gone a bit too far. I mean, I like looking back at the days of, you know, Arnold and and stuff like that. I mean, the guys were, were jacked. And, and What percent by all means fat grip.
0: do you think those guys were? Do you think they were like 6% fat?
1: 6-7%? In maybe? Arnold's day?
0: Yeah. Maybe. Uh,
1: in Arnold's day, I would say higher.
0: Even uh, higher?
1: I, I honestly think a guy like Arnold at his best was probably hovering around 7 or 8%. Yeah. You know? And that's still pretty damn low. Yeah. You know?
2: And I think it's a... I don't know. I mean, to... I think it's attainable looking, and it's still very impressive. Um, I don't need to see veins on veins. I don't need to see, see personally striations in your glutes. I mean, it starts to look unreal, yeah. kind of, I mean, to, to me. I mean, it's a paper-thin skin look. Uh, it, it doesn't
1: look
0: natural. Well, I don't think it looks powerful. I think that's – no. Rob, you yeah, remember me yeah. kind of bitching when I was competing last year. I'm like, I'm not going any further. You know, I mean, yeah. I really feel good here, and I, I was between four and five percent. You know, it's not an exact science. Anybody who tells you it is is um, uneducated, I think. But the point is, is I felt very lean, and I'm I was at that point where, listen, if any more came off, it was going to be a two for one muscle to fat loss, and I just I didn't want to do that. You know, so to me, it just it feels more powerful if you if you've got someone sort of those those mid-single digits, and, I mean, yeah, what are you going to say? That that's not lean? That's stupid. Yeah. Of yeah, and and, like... and
1: the, the whole kind of, like, um, unfortunate deal with this whole thing is that the more you can get away with being what it would be considered cut or, you know, highly defined in a competition, the heavier you are. You know what I mean? Like, nobody's really going to scoff a guy who's, 280 pounds and 4% body fat. But when you see a guy who's 155 pounds, he's shredded. You know what I'm saying? And the unfortunate thing that kind of runs in reverse of it, of that whole scenario is the guy who's 155 pounds probably could get that way natural, but the guy who actually looks strong and is very lean and to a 80 never could have gotten that way natural. So it kind of really puts a damper on guys who are training natural trying to attain that and still look somewhat strong.
2: That's you know a good what point. Like,
1: because I mean, as Lion and I, you and I have actually spoken about this in the past on the show and in private as well. The average, most guys, even guys who are really adept at building, you know, a, a large amount of mu- muscle and strength and so forth, most guys who are, you know, five ten to six foot tall, naturally, are never going to be able to be reasonably lean at two hundred five or two hundred ten or more. I mean, that that's actually really big, and I think I think a lot of it, you know, that it's been distorted so badly. Steady. I say,
0: I think that's pushing the envelope. I I would argue around yeah, really oh, 205, yeah, in shape. is And, about in sh- and we're talking about in
1: shape, shape, by the way, and most people who have never competed in bodybuilding don't really understand what that means. I remember when I was getting ready for my body, last bodybuilding competition in uh, 1996, I remember that I went down from 263 to 201, and I remember when I was 225. This is my third competition, by the way, folks. I remember when I hit 225, you know, Every time I'd do my workout, I'd go into the posing room and you know, work on my posing and choreography with the with the woman who was helping me with that, and she was a national champion, by the way, in bodybuilding. Hi, um, Amanda, and she would, and she would. Uh, when I was two twenty five, I was like, "Man, I'm looking rocking," and I really was, you know what I mean. But she's yeah. like, "No, that's not even close."
0: Right, you're not in, quote unquote in shape by yeah, competitive I mean, the standards. Thing before, yeah, I was
1: two hundred and twelve pounds. And I, I, I took a bunch of, you know, like natural diuretics and stuff, and I dropped like eight or nine pounds overnight because of that, you know. And then it's, and I was like 201. I mean, so it really is, like, when you're talking about stage conditioning, certainly as it relates to the last 20 years, 25 years, that is really extreme, you know. So, um, so yeah, I mean, people don't really understand that whole concept. They're like, you know, so, so they might be listening to us and think, you know, 205 pushing the envelope. Are you crazy? No, that's not crazy at all because what we're basically saying is, that we're, we're basically yeah. saying that if you're five foot eleven, six foot tall, and you're in, in stage condition at 205, that basically means that you look badass on the beach at, like, 235, 240, you know? Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. And you're still looking muscular at, like, 260, 270. I mean...
0: Yeah, that's a large animal. It really is. It's,
1: it's a very large animal. So, you know, and and, and because, I mean, and, and to kind of further what I'm saying, to go off topic too much, but, you know, every guy I've ever talked about who's never competed and asked me, you know, well, how much do you think I could be on stage, you know, when they're standing before me at 200 you know, 10 pounds. The average guy, you're thinking, dude, you're, you're not going to be on stage. I mean, you'd be lucky if you're 170, 165 pounds on stage. Well, that's they're it. Like,
0: they're probably a middleweight, right? Yeah, yeah they're you're like, off, what? 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 are you season. talking about? I'm like, you just yes. don't understand.
1: You don't nope. get it. Like, it's, nope. you know, and, and, but the point is, is, yeah, body, you know, in bodybuilding, again, you're trying to magnify this whole kind of idea of masculinity and, and the perfect sculpted male physique. And, again, when you're talking about someone who is of a, a degree of strength, I'm sorry, but, you know, like a 170-pound man is not really a picture of strength to me. I mean, I'm not saying he may, may not be fit. And, again, I'm not ripping on anybody who is that weight or anybody who's an athlete and that weight. But in the realm of strength, again, that's why I'm being very specific. No, I don't, don't want to. Just
0: make a point though i mean we don't want to go too far in the, the other way too we get a lot of positive mail about oh you guys you know thank goodness you know you don't look at body fat as a bad thing and we don't but at the same time i have a lot of respect for the guys who do in fact get you know in a in competitive shape and body. it's day.
1: incredibly you, know, you have to be it's actually the concept of doing it people always want to comp, make it complex the, act, the the act of losing body fat is really not that difficult once you have the different like you know keys to f- plug into the formula the problem most people have is the discipline to do it and, and yeah i mean there's nothing that but respect i have for somebody who attains that because i've been there you've been there it's not easy and you have to kind of just you really have to ride those months out you know like like you know like a bull right. like, you know with bulldog determination so yeah there's something to be said um but after you've done it a few times it's hard not to especially when you are inclined towards you know, a measure of strength or performance, it's hard after you've done that a few times to start rationalizing after a while, you know, like, why, why am I doing this? You know, like, when I started this whole thing, I looked, you know, okay, decent, but I was squat four, five, or five, you know, and now, you know, my last leg workout, I'm getting buried under two plates, you know, you start thinking to yourself, is this, is, is this really the, the projection I want? Well, I would
0: argue those guys are probably doing something wrong, but yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Well, yeah,
1: and, and the thing that a lot of people also don't realize is they're, you know, they'll, they'll make mention of, well, why do guys like Ronnie Coleman and stuff, you know, or what he was only five weeks before the Olympia and he squatted you know, the deadlift 800 pounds or whatever. <laughs> right, and my yeah. whole, what a lot of these guys don't realize is a lot of the pros and a lot of the top, um, you know, competitive bodybuilders, period, a lot of them are at their strongest in the, in the several weeks before competition. And, yeah, on, on, a state, on, on the scale of a person who is natural, that would seem completely ridiculous
0: because you're just like there's no way you can retain that kind of
1: strength naturally and be that lean.
0: Well, but naturally the, you're actually at a lower hormonal state before you compete, whereas you know when you're guys who are on, they're probably at their highest well, that's hormonal state. Most of those yeah. guys
1: that don't realize they're as yeah. jacked as they ever are all year, several years before, um, several years, several weeks before competition. Yeah. And why do you think you see so many injuries and stuff? Because hey. Yeah.
0: I was just yeah. going to say, guys. Let's—if we keep this on track as far as you know, both kinds of amateur competitions. Phil, I know you've been to the most amateur meets by far. Do you see the flip side of that? Do you see uh, there's um, obese guys who just think they're strong? Uh, maybe. Oh,
2: of course, of course, you get that. But I think it's—it's it's getting less and less nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, you're seeing—we're seeing a flip side to powerlifting where they're starting to look more like. Uh, guys in Arnold's day, on a bodybuilding stage. I, I think you are seeing more and more of that. There was the day, let's say eight years ago, it was, a lot of it was just all, you know, eat, 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 eat go up, go up, go up, and weight classes. You know, eat to be strong. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of the day of the super heavyweight. Now, there's honestly less and less super heavyweights than ever before. Um, even at a pro level. There aren't any, you know, there's only several really kind of big-name ones out there now. Um it's more getting down to the 275, 242 classes, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and even your average person coming in is more. You're seeing them more in shape now. I mean, I see more now of guys that need to eat more than I do. of Guys need to watch what they eat. It's interesting. Um, in a in a in a powerlifting competition, where it's like, man, you'd be if you just went ahead and, and ate your way up to 198 class, you'd probably be moving some weights, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, So that's more and more what you're seeing. Just I wanted to head back to that to the other topic real quick. Um, I think the biggest problem to me is in in bodybuilding is probably the total subjectivity of it. You know, one judge might think might agree with me, and then one next to me might want to see two percent body fat. Yeah, there's no. There's no set
0: well, But, you know, there are other sports, whether it's diving or figure skating. Yeah. There's lots of sports where there's a subjectivity among judges. But I do understand what you're saying. It's not the black and white that you see in a performance, a true performance sport. You know, like this guy, yeah. lift, he benched more than the other guy at the same body weight, period. I mean, there's, well, and, there's not a debate there,
2: really. Well, I mean, I think even in those other sports like diving and stuff, at least they have, they come in with an idea. Year to year, what they want to see. You know, they want to see me enter the water at this angle and this and that, whereas bodybuilding, it might, last year they may want to see this, and this year they may want to see this, and you don't really know. It changes, yeah. You know, it changes changes, so much.
0: Well, I'll tell you, Um, when I, I remember when I was up in Fargo last year, one of the guys who beat me, I've talked about this before, but, uh, you know, four of the five judges had me ahead of him. But after you throw out the high and the low marks and everything, you know, this guy's 154 pounds at, at my height. So I outweighed him by 50 (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, and I was like I said, I was a, now that was a warm up. So I was probably about six percent fat. But I almost felt bad because there's clear confusion. People in the crowd booed when they announced his placing, you know, not everybody, but a lot of people. And I'm like, ooh damn, you know, because it just it was awkward. You know, because yeah. he, the guy's standing next to me, and, and I, I don't know what to say. You know, I mean, I'm being a good sport. I mean, he was way more uh, ripped than I was. I mean, because, you know, it was this warm-up show, and the, I, I actually never got as ripped as that guy. He was crazy ripped. But, you know, there's something that 154-pound p- guys can do, I think, at least on average, that bigger guys cannot. You know, they yeah. get so lean. But I would argue they almost look unhealthy. I mean, if you think about yeah. some of the – well, like in the Iron – um uh pumping iron film and you know the song in the background says i want to be big and healthy you know yeah. and i don't think a lot of the guys and gals now uh, that are the most shredded i don't think that's really healthy looking at all i really don't yeah. so uh as far as other uh good and bad things i mean i, I just kind of whipped up a little list here but um Let's talk about some of the good. I think one of the things that I like, and Phil, you could tell me about powerlifting too, because again, I just haven't been to a lot of amateur power meets. But I really think one of the things that is supportive is when everybody gets like a, a participation medal or a swag bag of some kind, or you know, basically gifts to try to create almost a sense of brotherhood. You see that same kind of thing in the in the amateur powerlifting.
2: Yeah, you'll see um, a lot of the better ran amateur meets. You'll, you'll get some things. You know, they'll pass out stuff from different. Uh sponsors and things like that which is great mm-hmm. um i think what goes a little too far nowadays um is it's kind of like elementary school where every kid gets a medal i agree
0: with what you're saying there's yes.
2: so many damn weight classes and so many age groups that it seems like everybody walks away with the first place yeah and that's getting a little out there i mean it's like not everybody deserves a medal. no somebody's like got a you know <laughs> exactly exactly yeah.
0: So No, I agree with that. Like uh, I said, something to show you participated because you yeah. know, let's face it, there are certain events that any of us would invest more emotion in than others. Like you might do a meet yeah. on your way to something else. Or I would too, yeah. you know. And Rob, same yeah. thing with you. And you're like I'm not that invested in this. It's just nice nice to have some remembrance that I was there. You know. Yeah. But as far as like you're saying, yeah, everybody can't be first place. Exactly. Uh, it it um I think it cheapens it for the guy who is making it his most invested you know, yeah. most um, serious event. Yeah, when yeah, you, you, I mean, like you, if, if you pull eight hundred pounds off the floor, yeah, and somebody else, you know, pulls two and a quarter, who's your size, and it's his first meet or something. You, you know, I think deep down, you'd like to have some kind of nod that your performance was superior. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you
2: know? yeah, you know, oh. um, for sure. And uh, no, I think you're right though about the, you know, like I have one. I got a warm up meet here, and what is it? I'm two and a half weeks out, and it's just going to be going, and it's kind of a warm up deal. And I don't expect anything for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm using this kind of a, a hard training day to see how my training's going and, and move on. And my last few meets, I mean, honestly, I've I've passed on the trophy. One of the trophies they didn't have an extra one for a kid that signed up late, a little eight year old. I was like, you nice him.
0: you know, I don't, I don't
2: need it. Um, <laughs> I, I know I've been here, <laughs> so. They, they get a little crazy with that stuff, but no, I think it's um, the swag bags and then the camaraderie, I think, between the competitors. I don't know about bodybuilding, um, but there's, there's a big camaraderie in strength sports where kind of everybody's cheering for everybody else, which is great Can to see. Can you put even a even number on it?
0: Give me a number, Phil. Like, what percentage of the crowd do you think is total camaraderie versus trying to be badass competitor? Is it a 90
2: Th- you no, know, it's it's higher than that. I'd say ninety five percent or more Ooh,
0: okay.
2: are just kind of cheering each other on.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: even, you know, at the last meet I was in, it was me and me and Mark Bell were both in the same weight class, and hell, yeah, we were both having fun. It was like, yeah, go get this thing, you know. And then I take I take a lift, he take a lift, I would take a lift, he take a lift. We both missed eight oh four, you know. And it's like, hey, good job. You know? <laughs>
0: so, everybody versus gravity. Gravity's the ultimate opponent.
2: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Yes. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. And really, I mean, I think everybody. More and more and more is realizing in, in, in powerlifting it's all about beating your last performance is what it is. Sure, records will fall, but it's, it's more important to just try and attempt to beat what you did last time. You're your own real competitor.
1: Well, also, be, uh, it also has become, gotten to the point now where records really don't mean anything. Um, actually, I shouldn't say that. Records really don't elicit any sort of response from anybody anymore no because no. because there's so many federations and so many different variables and so it, and we've discussed those ad nauseum on the show so you all know what they are but there's so many variables now that and every everybody has a record now because of that yeah you know yeah, exactly. um that it doesn't really elicit any sort of response anymore i mean it's amazing to me that some <laughs> of the lifts that i do see that take place and i don't even know the, the, know the names of these guys you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'd be like, "Oh, yeah. why am I only hearing about this guy's name now and he just did exactly. You know, it, opposed to like 25, 30 years ago or more, you know, where everybody knew who, you know, Doug Furnas was and everybody knew who yes. Bill Casmire was and everybody well, knew Well,
2: there was one federation. You know.
1: Well, yeah, so it's like that's, so it's yeah. but basically just so you guys know that I'm not trying to pull this conversation away from what we're talking about. Um to what you said, Phil, because of that reason, I think that a lot of people are do realize that, so they kind of yeah. it's like, why, you, you, you get what I'm saying here, so it's like, well, you know, because that's the point, you know, a record really at this point, you know, as, as it exists right now in the sport of powerlifting only really means anything to me so, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. why well, am I going to try and trump this up yeah. as being something yeah. that's going to get me on that? I, think, I mean, there's guys do incredible shit, like incredible shit that I think to myself, how is this guy not on the power from powerlifting USA? How is this guy not on the f- cover of Sports Illustrated? Yeah. But the fact remains is that, again, unless you're, like, a geek like us, you don't understand and understand the nuance of the, all these variables. So you really have no idea, you know, like to the average person. Even the, I mean, as I've said in the last few shows, even to 99% of guys who go in the gym and, you know, like to t- call themselves bodybuilders, they don't understand this stuff.
0: Well, that's why you the know? amateur ranks are so fun. You know what I mean? I, like, when I hear, Rob, that you're, you, you're working on a 700 squat or fill an 800 pole, Jesus H. Christ, people. Do you understand? You know, I mean, so that's a very high level of performance. And I know what you're saying too, because I was on powerliftingwatch.com the other day, just browsing about, you know, like if I were to try something, uh, God help me, but, um, where would I go? And it is a bewildering, they have a massive table there, if anybody's interested, uh, of, you know, what's allowed in each you know yeah. uh federation and whether it's knee wraps versus sleeves versus belts versus suits mm-hmm. versus open versus natural and I mean it is bewildering, and I think I'm just going to have to talk to you guys and help me decide because i i couldn't even i couldn't really digest much out of that table it was yeah. It was too complex. You know, I was having
1: an online discussion that involved several people, um, a couple dozen people actually, a few days ago, and somebody was talking about just, people were talking about, again, lifting weight and versus, you know, the relative size of the athlete and all this kind of thing, and somebody brought the point, they were talking about Ronnie, again, as it always stares around Ronnie Coleman, you know, you know that, doing that infamous 800 whatever when he has single-ply suit on and stuff, and somebody said something to the effect of, well, they, they said this, they said, you know, mass moves mass, mm-hmm. and... To those of us who know what the hell that means, you're like, okay, yeah, like you know, Phil, like I say that to yeah. you. You know exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. This became four pages of people saying, "What does that mean exactly?" That if a guy was, you know, like nothing but pure fat at 350 pounds, that he would move the weight. It's like this is the kind of crap. I and mean, this is a, this whole for- the forum was all devoted to weight training, resistance training, and bodybuilding. I'm thinking, when you have to get into trying desperately to make, explain to somebody what that means. You know what I mean? Like, of course not. Of course fat doesn't, you know, doesn't contract and move things. Mm -hmm. Having said that, you know, neither does being, you know, ripped out of your brain, like going back 20 minutes ago, you know, and and being 205 pounds. It's like, it's amazing, to, and, and I keep saying this, it's amazing to me how many people who engage in this shit daily and weekly don't get the most basic tenets of this like, this is this is like 101 stuff. Well, they're confused.
0: Stuff. They're misled. You know, I mean, yeah. and that's why or, oh, people are like, oh, you guys, you cut through the BS. You know, we're just, we've been there, and we're just talking about it. You know what I mean? That's because to,
1: people, to, like, to use your phrase, Lon, that's because people spend too much time micromanaging their diet and training to the point where they're missing the big picture. You know? You know Instead of thinking about, you know, trying, co- conceptualizing what that means, mass moves mass, and fully understanding what that means, you know, in all its different contexts and angles, they're micro-imagining, oh, geez, I don't know, I saw this ad. I don't know, maybe tomorrow I'll go to GNC. Which ones, which, which you know, which brand here of, you know, uh, Korea Blast is better, you know, but oh, this yeah. is temper. It's like, Jesus, if people are focusing on things that really don't make any damn difference, it's like, focus yeah. on the big things that well, matter. Well, you
0: know what, you First of all, skepticism isn't sexy. You know, when you're skeptical, you're like, oh, that doesn't work, that doesn't work. New guys, they don't want to hear that. They want a reason to, you know, the latest NO product is going to make them get such a huge pump that they're going to become, you know, I don't know, branch warrant by the end of the week or something. You know, and it's, it's much less sexy to say, listen, you know, calories drive uh, protein, you know, synthesis just like uh, protein does. Heavy weights, you know, are the stimulus you know and you know it's not the the theory it's the practice you're talking about that with dieting it's the same thing with with mass building and yes there are hormonal realities here of course there are it's why guys you know some decide to step on the gas or go with the vitamin g or whatever it is but you know i I don't know it's 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 simpler than most people uh think and now competing there's that's where the complexity starts to come in. There's still simple tenets, but that's why it's really important to have a coach or somebody who's been there and done that before because you just – and this is coming from me, right? I mean, you're not going to read it in a book. Uh, yeah. You're just not – I mean, you can get some good tips from books on coaching and whatnot, but, yeah. you know, to, to know what that feels like and being able to overcome your own fear and, and uh, have all your ducks in a row, get things in place ready, you know, beforehand, all that kind of stuff. But yeah. anyway, before – before we uh, head into uh, some of our, our thoughts about maybe ways to hybridize uh, maybe some of these disparate things, take some of what's best from the power and the, and the, and the muscle crowd, let's go ahead and do a little uh, break. Sorry
1: about and, is, that, is, that, is that your pizza confirmation call? Yep, that's the bat phone. <laughs> the bat phone. <laughs> he's got a special phone for the pizza guy. <laughs> yep. uh, he's got to, all
0: right, we're going to let you go, and we'll be right back while Phil takes this all-important call. fix of iron radio in addition to being a popular institute on iTunes we are also on email simply go to www.ironradio.org and sign up for the voluntary email you'll get a once per week email no more that's little more than the show notes and a link to the audio so go for it welcome back iron radio listeners this is Lonnie and Robin Phil and What we're going to do in the uh, second portion of the show is, after discussing some of the good and the bad that we've seen in strength contests and physique contests, is um, just kind of let you in on some behind-the-scenes where we've actually been tossing around just very brainstorming stage now, so don't expect any kind of exciting announcements or something, but about how we might sort of create an event of our own. Um, We're just bantering around on email a little, and I'll tell you what really got me thinking about this is because there are so many things, I think, that are outside of the box that are not being looked at that could be very fun and participatory and, and those sorts of things. I mean, like sometimes I'll go to nerd conventions like a Comic-Con or Gen Con or PAX, and I, I know most of you probably aren't familiar with these things. You know, they're nerd conventions. but but, convention. but they have lots of little things that go on on the side that are fun, and they're participatory, and they're, they're actually contests in some way. So let's say, for example, we toss out this imaginary, you know, Iron Radio Festival. I think that's exactly the kind of uh, word that would might describe it. it. It would be more of a festival. There might be a, some very deadly serious competitions like a power event or a, a bodybuilding event. But think about all the things that don't get addressed. And, again, like nerd conventions, they break down to some fairly local levels. It's not all national. And, you know, we could do something similar. Like – when we had the grip guy on, you know, a couple of weeks ago, that's a kind of a very cool side of that. Like, you know, maybe you just get a couple of guys who, they might otherwise be bodybuilders, but, or even if they're not, they could just train grip, you know, and see how many 25-pound plates or 10-pound plates or whatever it is that they can hold in a single hand, you know, or 45 pounds if you can, you know, imagine that. But the point is there could be grip events. uh There could be hybrid kinds of events. Like, I'd love to see some kind of thing where, I mean, think about this. What if you had groups of, like, three, like some mini teams, and, mm-hmm. you know, one guy was strong as hell, one had a fantastic build, and the other guy had, a you know, a, a, a grip that would, you know, turn coal into diamonds, you know. <laughs> you, you, do some kind of hybrid thing where, you know, you, maybe you get some three specialists together and see who's got the best team. I mean, you know, these are just the yeah. kinds of outside-the-box kinds of things that I think would be a blast. Yeah
2: have got to have an eating event, too. <laughs> oh. That could get That, can, that get, it's, it's a must. Get there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. man versus food. Type right. You
0: know. <laughs> Dude, I never even Max thought about that. effort eating. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, there's there's so many things. And again, you know, again, we are tossing around an email, and I don't have it in front of me here, but there was quite a few things that you could do, uh, from grip contest to hybrid strength. I mean, maybe you've got, you know, like the strongest bodybuilder, or you've got the, um, you know, best-built powerlifter. You know what I mean? I mean, these are the kinds of things that would purposely uh, bring, like, two sides of these brother sports together, you know, or sister sports together. Uh, I don't know, and I just think it could be fun. I mean, you could have stuff, like, with all the YouTube crap that's out there, it, you could have somebody put together, uh, have like, a YouTube, like, a video contest or something. Almost everybody's got something sure. like that on their system. You know, they, it could be, like... um some, uh, I don't know, a little documentary from their home gym. Who's got the best home gym? And have a movie contest. You know what I mean? Maybe while you're eating. So, I don't know. I, I just think there's a lot of fun things there that we could probably do. Um, Phil, you mentioned, like, strongman events and that kind of thing. Uh, I don't know how much of that would have to be outdoors yeah. versus in. So.
2: Uh, I think we could. It, it just depends on the, the venue. But a lot of the stuff you could do indoors. I mean, one thing I'd like to see is kind of what I wrote to you. I mean... Just we pick the resounding theme, which is just strong, and everything fits under that, you know, or whatever. Um, and I'd love to see kind of every sect of strength under one roof, right? Be it Olympic lifting, power lifting, some kind of you know the, the the strong side of of track and field, which is your throwers, right? Um, and you know maybe you know Highland Games kind of fits into there, um, Olympic lifting, powerlifting, lifting, you
0: know, oh yeah, uh, all they that
2: and then bodybuilding under one. Throwing,
0: row. you throwing um, contest, uh, farm yeah. walk. I mean, you know what I mean. There's, I don't know. Oh yeah, one of the
2: one of the best things we did at one of the Highland Games is uh, afterwards, just kind of to, to turn the crowd on. We were doing that keg keg over bar. Mm. You know, it was who could throw a keg the highest over the over the high mm-hmm. bar? Um, I, well, man, it was a blast. Everybody got into it, and uh, the, the crowd loved it. It was a lot of fun. But um, right on. Now, things like that would be great and have participatory events, you know, where everybody, okay, anybody who wants to do it, let's see what your best triple on the bench press is. Or something oh yeah, like that. or you know, you know how many reps you can do reps
0: it in. to failure with 225 or yeah. your body weight or something, or yeah, you know, exactly. And you know what I what I was thinking about all this too is we didn't talk about this in what we liked versus the different kinds of uh, amateur events, but you know, bodybuilders talk about going to a show and powerlifters call it a meet, almost like a wrestler would say a meet. And I think that's sort of the distinction that would be fun to blur. Is you know, you've got something that's a competitive meet. And there's performance aspects to it, but you also get to show off a little, because let's face it, I mean, the people who listen to Iron Radio, you know, they've got something visual going on that the average dude just does not with his narrow shoulders and his spare tire waistline, you know, and stuff like that. So, I mean, not to sound, you know, uh, elitist or anything, but, you know, let's face it, all that hard work, it does put you in a, a higher category in a lot of ways. So... I don't know. What do you think, Rob? What kind of things would you like to see in an event like not that? Not
1: bragging if it's real. Well, that's true. <laughs> but, no, I mean, just for, for what you say there, it's like, it's like, you know, I mean, if you've worked hard at something, you know, why not be proud of it kind of a thing. Yeah, but yeah I mean, all these ideas are great, you know, I mean, it's, there's so many things that you, could, like you say that you could do, and it doesn't have to be ultra, you know, formal. You know, so everybody has to feel all stressed about it. You know, it, it's 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 got to be looked upon as just being what it is. You know, it's just a chance for a bunch of brothers and sisters who, you know, <clears throat> you know brothers and sisters from another mother kind of a thing that just get together and have fun. You know, and just uh, challenge each other doing crazy crazy stuff. You know, and um, you know as long as that's the spirit. You know, and people can blast some music and like. We'll yeah, have a
0: band. Yeah, we can have a live band. With a hell, story. man. We'll you know, mean, yeah. if,
1: maybe Fortress will bring his guitar down. I'll do a guitar solo for you after I squat. But, I mean. <laughs> you can sing
2: Dukes of Oh, for sure. For, no,
1: for sure, man. Nah, yeah, yeah, but, I mean, it's, there's just so many ideas. You know what I mean? And, 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 like I say, as long as people understand that you know, nobody is. If anybody is preparing for this formally, then you got the wrong idea. You know, like, I well, mean, yeah, it, I mean,
0: you could have something formal, and then the larger event is more participatory because, you know, it'd be fun to go watch people get very serious. Like, oh, like, yeah. like Phil's not going to, uh, he's probably not going to put in quite the same effort toward an 800 pound, like, toward a 600 pound pull just kidding around it as, you, as he would, you know, a, a PR of 800 or something. That almost calls for a real competition in there, I think, you know, mixed in. Yeah. But, yeah, it could be broader than that where everybody gets into it. And, I mean, I think about my academic side, there could be hands-on workshops or lectures. And you could even get continuing education credits for if you're a strength coach yeah. or, uh, or whatever, you know. And so, I mean, there's, there's, there's tons of things. And what I'd like to do is actually open this up. Anybody who gets on our Iron Radio listeners page on Facebook, you know, let's, we'll start a little thread. Tell us what would be cool. You know, think outside the box. What kind of stuff would actually be fun where everybody could get into it? You know, maybe, like I said, maybe it's team based on, you know, gym by gym. Uh, yeah. or, you know, it could be any number of things like that. But, you know, how do we know? We could crowdsource this, you know, and, uh, see what people, what people like, you know.
2: No, and I think, I think a couple speakers is great. I think we draw from, you know, our Iron Radio guests, you know, some of the best ones we've had and very, uh, you know, animated people, you know, it'd be awesome to get kind of like somebody from, from each sect a bit, uh, you know, powerlifting and bodybuilding and, you know, mm-hmm. to come in and do something. Maybe it's just a Q&A where, you know, they, they've they got a mic and then somebody's in the crowd asking questions with another mic type of thing or just anything Right. Like that. It would be... A lot of fun, you know. A little more, a little less formal. A little more informal. Everybody's having a good time.
0: Mm-hmm. I've know I know um, some of the uh, like Christine Giovanni that we had on the show. She she promotes some of the big uh, upper Midwest bodybuilding shows. She does like uh, posing clinics and stuff like that. And even that kind of thing could <clears throat> be cool, you know. Teach people how to how to do it right, you know, as opposed to you know just you yeah. Know. And
2: I and I think honestly the festival atmosphere. If you've got mu- music and you've got food and you've got you know lectures going on, and hell, you could have things for kids to do. You know whatever. You know kids are playing tug of war, whatever the hell it is. It, it's gonna it's gonna cure the problem that uh, at least bodybuilding strong uh, bodybuilding yeah strongmen too, powerlifting and uh, Olympic lifting has, and that's no crowd. <laughs> you know, right. Because there's there's other things to do, and you're gonna draw in more spectators way. I mean, that's where Highland Games hasn't beat out because it is a festival. Yeah. You know, you go there and you've got music and you've got dancing and you've got, you know, face painting and you've got food and, you know, Scottish food, they fry everything, you know, and then you've got drinks and, you know, so then, there's, then all of a sudden you've got 20,000 people coming through seeing the games.
0: Right. So, you know, I th- actually, just talking about this loosely, our biggest problem would be how to prune it and start with some kind of doable level of events. You know, we'd have to pick our favorite, yeah. favorite dozen things to do or or something like that, and then just let it grow in future years. But, you know, some of these things I was talking about, like the nerd conventions, some of them are huge, like sell-out convention center, huge. 50,000 people huge, you know, over over a fairly short period of time, like 10 years, you know. And, I mean, I I think this kind of thing could be very fun because that's, you know. And, and, you know, we we should probably have booby prizes, too. Like, if someone shows up and he's a tough guy and he's not one of those camaraderie people – we bestow something on him that's you know make, make yeah. him wear the tough guy hat for a while or something yeah. you know if anybody doesn't act like a sportsman I don't know but uh, I don't know it could be fun so. yeah. anyway yeah I just thought that'd be would be fun to kind of toss some of those things out because there are so many topics and I mean we get emails all the time about like I just answered one a couple of weeks ago uh, you know. Uh, which was basically, you know, I just got done with my meat. Should I keep my protein intake up? I mean, you know, basic, straight-up questions like that. These are good questions, you know, and yeah. just have people uh, talk about that. Or, yeah, both, like I said, a little academic, a little bit experiential and coachy, and, uh, you know, find ways to make it a little bit more. I don't I don't want to say, like, reclaim the old days, because if, any, if anything, it would be, um, like, neo-retro. You know what I mean? I would like it to be... Something new, but also have some elements of those old Franco Arnold days where these guys were neither one of those guys are twinks. Even Frank Zane's not a twink.
2: You know what we got to do if we do this? We got to have a three man team event, and it's going to be everybody going against us three.
0: We better train for it. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Well, you know, you could even do so. I'm sure. I was, the hardest thing for me was how do you come up with physique oriented things that aren't just pure bodybuilding, but you could have the yeah. best body part, best calves, best biceps. You know, and just let people show up and go and unload. You know, and come to the gun yeah, show. I think a
2: way around that is is how you word it. You know, and I don't know. We could pick freaking judges out of the crowd, um, you know, randomly, and you know, go for like most imposing back or some stuff because that doesn't always mean ripped. I no. mean. Taz wasn't ripped, but you see that man's back, and it was like, holy oh, who put crap, that that's...
0: picture on our Facebook page? Jeez. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just yeah. mountain gorilla, you know?
2: Yeah. I, mean, I almost exactly.
0: started, like, cringe behind a rock just to look at the picture. <laughs> so yeah. so intimidating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that's a great idea. Like, yeah, I like that. Most intimidating back or, uh, you know, uh, most disturbing, disturbingly huge legs or something. That's something. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that could be good stuff. And that way, you're, you know, you're looking at, or even like the best, if you want to be classic, you know, the the Greek ideal, best proportioned or something, you know, where they're, yeah. you know, they've got that x-ray where their calves are 18 inches like their arms, like their neck or something. And I don't know. That'd be something more than one person could probably win. But it's some ways to pull in. In fact, I'd love to get uh, listener feedback about, you know, what are some things we could do that would, like you said, Phil, whether it's the intimidating back or whatever, ways to bring physique into it. Um, because although I like strength, if there's not something visually imposing about it, I'm I'm less into it sometimes. You know, not that I don't love it. I mean, I, I don't care if there's some guy looks like a sumo wrestler and you know he's putting crazy weights over his head in some Olympic lift. That's still outrageously cool to me. But yeah. it would be even cooler if you know there's uh, also some guys around who are visually. Stunted. Well,
2: I think another good one is because I'm totally into this. If if you don't look like you lift and you're in clothes, you need to work though. You know, if when you're clothed, people can't tell you train hard, then it's time to train harder and maybe eat
1: a little. Well, more. yeah, and I was talking <laughs> about <because>, You know, <laughs> know like, kind of you know, bringing things full circle here. That goes back to what we were talking at the beginning of the thing, about the whole idea of, I mean, how many guys who are a natural competing in bodybuilding shows and hopefully step on stage at 175 pounds, they walk down the street to go get their broccoli at the local store two weeks before the contest, no, nobody has a clue. I mean, yeah. when I, when I, you know, when I used to compete, I remember my mom said that I look like a concentration camp victim. I, you know, I have, yeah. it, it's that's the whole thing, right? So yeah, I agree, man. Eat more food. Like, I mean, if your body fat is so low, you know that that, you know, you're, you're look, looking like you've never set foot in a gym in your life.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, you're you're missing the point on, on one of those two scales, either size or the body fat thing.
0: Well, the bottom line is, you know, Phil, Phil's using the word strength. My natural inclination is to use the word muscle. But, you know, these are really the same thing. I mean, one is structure and one is function, you know. Yeah. But it, it, that's the key is muscle and strength as opposed to the tangents that people go on, you know. And like, like yeah. you're saying, Rob, that guy, that guy that looks like, you know um, – uh gandhi or something you know on a starvation diet or something he's lost sight of the idea that this was originally about muscle if you don't have more muscle than the people in the crowd i'm not sure you've got you know um <laughs> that you that you're <laughs> worth looking at on stage i guess you know you, you've got to be you've <laughs>
1: right.
0: got to be standout in some. Oh well, yeah
1: way. The, that's always a joke right that you go to right. some bodybuilding competitions and you know you sit in the audience the guys in the, in the you know, a great many of the guys in the audience are usually like twice the size of the guys on stage. You know, and, yeah. you know, and if you're talking only about a difference of maybe 5 or 6% body fat in that ratio, then yeah, I mean, who really gives a rat's ass? Why I might as well hang around the lobby and look at the guys that are bigger and 5% body fat more, you know, like, yeah. who cares? Right.
0: So. All right. Well, anyway, I know that's brief, but it's something cool to talk about. And uh, Yeah.
2: Get the people brainstorming on it.
0: Yeah, like I said, yeah, go to go to the cloud here to go to the crowdsourcing and, and see what people can come up with. I mean, we could have a cool pro shop with the, maybe people like there are certain kinds of products or uh, clothes or something that they wish they could they could access again. We'll just pop it in there. You know what I mean? It's it's the kind of stuff. It's, yeah. it's easy to actually to come up with lots of this stuff because it's the kind of stuff we'd like to see ourselves. You know? Yeah.
2: Anyway. Well, that
0: sounds good. Iron, Iron Radio is accepting donations. If you like Iron Radio, if you like what we do, uh, the education, interviewing uh, industry personalities, or many of the pro bodybuilders or coaches that we've had in the past, uh, please just click on the Donate button at www.ironradio.org and make a donation. We've had some great donations from people that have kept us going. Thank you so much. Uh, So please visit uh, the website, click on the Donation button, or if you like, uh, and it's a similar situation, Buy some Iron Radio cool stuff. We've got T-shirts and mugs and things like that, and those things help support the site and keep us on the air. The Iron Radio podcast and all of the audio on ironradio.org is for informational purposes only. If you're interested in starting a diet or exercise program, it's important to check with your physician. Also seek the help of registered dietitians, athletic trainers, and qualified exercise physiologists in order to make the progress that you need.